yesterday, September 17th, is the anniversary of the death of St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, the founder of the Marian Fathers. And he incorporated into the Marian Charism praying for the deceased because he himself was always uh, brought to purgatory or souls in purgatory would appear to him. And so it was always very much on his mind and heart to assist the poor souls who are in need of intercession because they cannot pray for themselves. The poor souls can pray to the saints, they can intercede for us, but they cannot pray for themselves. That is why they are called poor. And they are holy souls because they no longer sin though. So poor souls, holy souls, it's the same. But we too are in need of intercession, right? So we can offer up our works of mercy, our prayers, penances, uh, especially assisting here at Mass. We can offer that up for the poor souls in purgatory, and they too can come to intercede for us to heaven. They can pray for us. And some have said that uh, at our, the end of our death, we will see all those souls, especially poor souls, who will come assist us at our death uh, for, in gratitude, in, in returning the favor for assisting them. And, you know, sometimes Protestants wonder why we pray to saints or why we would need to, uh, you know, go to others for prayers when we have Jesus that we can just go directly to. We hear in our first reading, there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus, the eternal high priest. So then why are we going to each other for that mediation between God and us? Well, because while Jesus is the one mediator, there are others that can mediate between us and Jesus. Blessed Virgin Mary being the prime example of that, the mediatrix, right? The wedding of Cana, she mediates between the, the wedding party and Jesus. And we see another great example of that prayer of intercession, that mediation between us, the faithful, and Jesus here in our gospel today. Jesus enters Capernaum, that's kind of his hometown uh, base. It's not his hometown, Nazareth is, but remember Nazareth rejected him, so he kind of made Capernaum his, his headquarters, so to speak. Uh, and the people come to him saying there's a centurion who had a slave ill and about to die. And the centurion, what does he do? Does he go directly to Jesus? No, he sends the elders of the Jews to Jesus to basically uh, intercede on his behalf. And they do. They say, uh, you know, he deserves to have you do this for him because he loves our nation and he built the synagogue for us. Now remember, this is a centurion of the Roman army who's occupying their territory. That's like in the 1940s France uh, advocating for a German officer, you know, going to 
somebody and say, hey, can you please do this for the, the German officer here who is occupying our land? Uh, you know, no one wants to do that, but yet the people are willing, they appreciate the centurion because the centurion respected them and respected the Jewish religion. He built a synagogue for them. And the peoples, the elders of the Jews, their intercession uh, is powerful and Jesus begins to go with them. But he doesn't make it to the house because the centurion, again, sends messengers. You know, messengers, angels. Angel means messenger, right? So we can even remember our, our angels intercede for us. And so he sends these messengers to tell Jesus, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. That's what we say in Mass, right? Well, it comes from the centurion's words here. Only say the word, and let my servant be healed. And this intercession, again, it works, right? So here's an example of someone not going directly to Jesus, but having others uh, mediate, intercede, so that Jesus, the one mediator, can allow that almighty power of God to heal, to save. For that is what Jesus wants for all of us. That's what God wants for all of us, that we all might have eternal life. And again, from our first reading, St. Paul's letter to Timothy, God wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. Everyone. He wants us all. And yet, it's us who turn away from God towards sin. And God wants us so much that he even gives us that second chance, so to speak, in purgatory. Now, it's not a second chance to repent. We only have the chance to repent while living here on earth. But it is a second chance, in a sense, to continue to be purified because we know Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. If we want to be perfectly united to God in heaven, we have to be purified of all sins, all imperfections, all attachments, completely. Everything that is not of God in our heart needs to be wiped away so that as we decrease, it is truly Jesus increased in us so that we can be one with God. Our hearts are one. Our wills are one. You know, how many of us can truly say that our whole heart, soul, and strength is in line with thy will be done, that prayer Jesus taught us to pray? Well, that is what purgatory is for. It gives us that chance to further be purified. Now, we want to be purified here, right? We don't want to experience the torments of purgatory because, you know, many saints, like St. Saint Stanislaus said, you know, pray for the poor souls. You do not know how much they suffer. And St. Augustine, he said that uh, the poor, the greatest suffering on earth is still less 
and the least suffering in purgatory. So it's not something like, well, we can just blow off and uh, push, you know, procrastinate. It's, it's really that just a second chance to be purified. And again, this is God's mercy to us that we can continue to be purified. And that's why it's so important, though, to intercede for the poor souls, to pray for them, even if uh, we don't have certain, uh, you know, miraculous accounts on our, in our own experience to pray, but many in the church have received, you know, these miraculous accounts like St. Stanislaus that remind us to pray for them. Why don't we all, you know, uh, receive certain kind of uh, miraculous experiences to remind us? Well, because we are people of faith. We shouldn't need all these miracles. You know, look at Jesus. You know, he does a great miracle healing this person, the centurion slave from a distance. And yet, even with all these miracles, Jesus is still killed. It's, it's faith that really matters. Faith is what we need. And... With this faith, we are moved to love, to have mercy, to intercede for each other. Because the communion of saints, you know, God makes us a family together. And so we are connected to those in heaven and in purgatory. You know, there's the three parts of the church. The church triumphant, that's heaven. The church suffering, it's purgatory. And the church militant, those of us who are still fighting the spiritual fight we have here on earth. And today we commemorate St. Joseph of Cupertino, a great saint who did receive the experience of many miracles, many experienced miracles on his part. He would heal people. Uh, he would levitate. He would do all sorts of uh, miracles, not in his own power, by, but by God's power. And yet, what was the response of his community? Well, some of his brothers were jealous and reported him. Other people, uh, you know, the, the townsfolk loved him. But again, all these kind of miracles really just freaked uh, his community out. And so he got, you know, reported up to uh, their... Uh, equivalent of the Franciscans' provincial superior and then their general superior in Rome, and eventually the, the, the general brought him to the pope. And he was still, uh, you know, he was able to be able to uh, show his holiness to all those leaders, but still he was seen as just a disturbance to the rest of the community. He was exiled and, you know, told to not really participate in community prayers because he was always disturbing them, you know. So in a certain sense, it's an example in his life that uh, we don't really need these miracles, nor were they actually appreciated because they're just seen as a disturbance. Why? Because when he's eating together, he would all of a sudden, you know, he would bring everyone to great alarm when all of a sudden he would just start uh, rising and levitating or in processions. You know, there was one procession, I think he has... Uh, I think we could say he has the world record for the longest levitation to another town, I think from 
Cupertino to Assisi or uh, some, some other town where they were having a procession. He, uh, you know, levitate in procession, so he was not allowed to do that anymore. Um, and even at Mass, a lot of times he would just go into ecstasy and levitate in the middle of Mass. And all this, again, was not really truly appreciated and just seen as a, a disturbance. And when he joined, you know, growing up, he was always uh, just kind of seen as a, a dunce, you know, just could never seem to do anything right. He was just one of a, the misfits. And uh, his mother, he was even weary of him that, uh, you know, that they were already so poor and he can't secure a job when he was uh, a teenager. And, you know, his apprenticeship to a shoemaker wasn't really working out. He just couldn't learn how to read. Uh, it just did not seem to be anything would work out for him. But eventually, he did join as a stable boy to a Franciscan community, and yet he could still never do anything right. Uh, eventually, he got kicked out, but then his mother advocated to uh, his uncle, her brother, to take him back, and eventually he would work, but still was just could never do anything right when working in the kitchen. He could never seem to distinguish between the, the, the wheat bread and the rye bread, or he would knock over stuff in the stove, just spill things. It was just constantly, you know, breaking things. Um, and, you know, some attributed this to him having poor eyesight, but actually it was because of he could actually see another reality better. He could see the supernatural and everything. He saw God in all things, and he would be carried away by just the simplest, uh, you know, creature would, he would just marvel at and would be so enraptured in love of God in the creation around him that he would go into ecstasy or his just mind would be on supernatural things, on, on God. And that's why actually he was doing everything so poorly. And he eventually was seen because of his holiness, despite all his blunders, uh, some of the friars did begin to recognize his holiness and uh, thought he would be fit for a to become a priest if he could at least get through his studies. Well, he was a terrible student, but he did eventually start to, to read better um, through many prayers and hard work. But he still it was not going to be seen as able to pass his exam. Uh, to expound on the gospel, there was only one gospel verse that he really knew by heart and could explain and, and go into great detail about was uh, in, in Luke, uh, blessed is the womb that bore you. And so at his examination for his priesthood uh, or diaconate, I can't remember which one, he, uh, that was the one question he was asked, you know, to expound on the, the gospel of, you know, the, the, the examiners just randomly opened up to that Bible verse. And, so he is the patron saint of test takers. And I know he definitely interceded for me in, in college and in seminary, um, as well as I'm sure the other Marians, um, that uh, get the question that you need to be asked. You know, definitely still study, but when there's a certain, you know, can't study everything or know everything or just struggling, you know, pray at least that you get the questions that you do know. And St. Joseph of Cupertino has been known to, to come through for that. And he 
is a great uh, saint for us then to remember that humility. Uh, it was his humility that allowed him to be raised up. That's why he would levitate so often, uh, because he allowed God to lift him up. It's pride that weighs us down. And so, like the centurion, let us come humbly before the Lord. You know, when we say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. In that act of humility, then Jesus can come into us, and with Jesus, we can be brought to God the Father in heaven. And for Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.